welcome back to another episode of Lauer After Hours Presents Cinemat. This is a podcast series where we watch movies that are rated 69% on Rotten Tomatoes or 6.9 stars on IMDb, and we establish if it's worth it. I am at Beep Count on Twitter, joined tonight by Jeanette in Southern California. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, happy, well, but still 420 week, right? Always 420 week, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> on this episode, we have the 2008 action crime comedy, Pineapple Express. Yeah, it... it- hits all those notes there was oh. a crime there was action C- comedy is probably the most subjective one but yeah correct correct we we will definitely get into that here it is rated 68 percent on rotten tomatoes from the critics and on 203 reviews hmm. and 73 percent from the audience on over 250,000 ratings uh, it has 6.9 stars on IMDb with over 330,000 ratings. Nice. This one is directed by David Gordon Green. You know him from Your Highness, 12 episodes of Eastbound and Down, 8 episodes of Vice Principals, and 8 episodes of The Righteous Gemstones. So he's very familiar with, um, what's his name? Danny. Danny McBride. Oh yes. So yeah. That, that's like yeah. the team right there. Hmm? Yep. That That is the, the squad there. Uh, this movie stars Seth Rogen as Dale Denton. You know him from This is the End, Superbad, 40-Year-Old 40 40 year old Virgin, uh, and Future Cinema, Knocked Up. Whoa. Yeah. This also stars James Franco as Saul Silver. You know him from Spider-Man, 127 Hours, Freaks and Geeks, and This is the End. It also has Gary Cole as Ted Jones. You know them from Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, Dodgeball, Mm -hmm. Office Space, and one of my personal favorites, Veep. We've also got the aforementioned Danny McBride as Red. You know him from Your Highness, Eastbound and Down, The Righteous Gemstones, and Tropic Thunder. This one also has Craig Robinson as Matheson. You know him from The Office, Hot Tub, Time Machine, Mr. Robot, and Billy Gill's new favorite show, Killing It. (laughs) Pineapple Express has a runtime of one hour, 51 minutes, or 111 minutes Canadian. Salute to you, Schweitz. This film had a budget of $27 million and grossed just over $87 million in the United States and Canada and over $101 million worldwide. It is rated R, and you can find it right now on Amazon Prime. Taglines for this one. Put this in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> Classic. <Yep. laughs> that's a that's like a super old-timey reference, because that's yeah. tobacco pipe. So that's like, what, 17, <laughs> 1700s, 1800s? Easily. And we brought it back to 2008. Yep. One hit could ruin your day. Oh, that's from like the PSAs, like the stuff you would watch. Um, right. But it was like the D.A.R.E. program. Right. The, this this the, That also kind of has a, a little double entendre meeting mm-hmm. specifically for this one, right? You know, <laughs> yes, a, a it hit does. or a hit. And then my personal favorite tagline for this for this one from the guys who brought you super bad. Yeah, because you might be like, who who did this? Like, who 
whose vision am I entrusting here? And it's like, oh, those are bad people? Cool. Oh, well, that was it. I like it. Yeah. This film opens up in the 1960s, kind of widescreen Columbia Pictures logo in black and white. We are in 1937 and two men in suits drive an old Cadillac through a field. They stop the car and get out. They come across a rock in the middle of a field. They lift it up to reveal a hidden tunnel. They go down a ladder to some sort of secret lab. General Bratt, played by James Remar, you know him as Dexter's dad in the show Dexter, asks when it started. A uh, scientist in a lab coat says, oh, 0500, we move over to an observation room where a soldier is smoking a joint. Scientist says, Private Miller, you have been smoking item nine for seven minutes and 13 seconds. How do you feel? Private Miller here, played by Bill Hader, says, I feel like a slice of butter melting on top of a big old pile of flapjacks. Uh, the scientist asks how he feels about his superiors. He breaks into a jazz song complete with, you know, drums and a trumpet solo. I I really did like this. And I, he had to have improvised this entire scene, right? Yes, I think it. Yeah. I I think there was probably very little direction. They established the premise for the ad lib, and then he, Bill Hader just went with it. The scientist continues to try to get Miller to answer the question about his superiors. He says the joint has gone out, needs someone to torch him. A guy in a 1930s scuba suit comes in with a lighter. Miller is startled. He is shook. How was that? <laughs> Scientist asks what hit, what emotions he feels when he thinks about his superiors. He says, you know, my problem with is with the military one, lots of dudes. Hey, I mean, he's, he's not wrong. Uh, two, where are the boobies Two, We should be out in the world telling everybody about item nine. This stuff is great. General Bratt tells Miller that he needs to be serious. Miller says, sir, I am serious. Your dick, my mouth. Then he proceeds to give Bratt's fake dick a fake blowjob. Bratt says that he's seen enough. He tells the scientists to shut it down, sell the land, and dispose of Miller. Private Miller is taken away by two guys in those scuba suits. Bratt gets on the phone and declares item nine illegal. So when he was doing the pantomime, the blowjob, I was like, he had to have had like a mirror offside to just able to maintain the accuracy throughout it was like 20 seconds but it was pretty much flawless what he was the doing. angle of the dangle right yeah so mm -hmm. for those of you that haven't seen it he's using his tongue to simulate the end of general bratt's uh the tip member yeah tip sure uh, he's using his tongue in his cheek talk about tongue and cheek right mm -hmm. <laughs> hey and, and it's like he's going like a like a clock so it's like Nine o'clock, twelve o'clock, three o'clock, and then back. You Correct. know, and then we're back to one. <laughs> Someone was not impressed by that because he's like, "I don't go for that. We're gonna kill you." So, R.I.P. Uh, Private Miller. What if he's gonna get a military burial burial after that? You know, twenty-one gun salute. <laughs> Scuba men. They took care of it. <laughs> Love it. We now cut to present day with Electric Avenue playing on the uh, on the soundtrack. Seth Rogen is driving an old beater, listening to talk radio. They take his call, and he gives a classic first-time, long-time bit. 
He's saying that weed should be legal. It makes everything better as he's smoking a joint. He opens up his trunk and there's a bunch of costumes and props in here. And we get a montage of him calling talk radio shows and servicing subpoenas in different costumes. One of them, he's a he's with the Global Warriors. Another is a fax machine repairman. Another is as a doctor. And each of these subpoenas that he serves, the recipient tells him basically, fuck off, get a real job. During one of the calls here, uh, we find out that he's 25 and dating an 18-year-old high school student. A little problematic. We now cut to Rogan uh, making out with his girlfriend, played by Amber Heard, outside of her locker at school. Has has she been in the news recently? A, a little bit. This must have a been in her Prime? less vindictive period. Well, I, I don't know, because when he tells her that, that he can't come, she slams the locker and is royally pissed, like mm-hmm. pissed enough to probably like poop in a bed or something like that. Yeah. So so for her, this was not method acting. This is her actual reaction to being told no by yeah. A person that she is in a, for lack of a better term, serious relationship with. A so, serious committed relationship, yeah. So here we have a documented red flag that a certain someone should have picked up on. JD. Mr. Depp. Allegedly. Allegedly. Possibly. Possibly. Uh, She is telling him her mom spent all week shopping for dinner and she's making couscous. She wants her parents to meet Logan. So it's that hard to find couscous? Or like what? Like it it takes a... I know she's supposed to be a a high school kid and she may not know that much about the intricacies of putting together a dinner. But a dinner for four doesn't require you to shop for a whole week. So here, I, I, I have a little bit of an insight. And, and I don't know, maybe 2008 could be completely different than it is here in 2022. But when my wife was recently looking for a specific type of couscous, the uh, Israeli pearled couscous, we couldn't find that anywhere. Mm. All the Trader Joe's out of it, all these out of it um central market market street kroger's nobody had the uh israeli pearled couscous which is the the bigger thicker couscous rather rather than the the more crumbly one i guess hell yeah it it could be it it, she could have shopped for a week i i will not say that it's impossible it's improbable maybe in 2008 but you know who knows Uh, she says her parents want to meet Rogan because they'll like him. Um, she says that she wants to show them how sexy he is. A teacher played by Joe Latrulia from I Love You Man, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, interrupts him saying that Rogan doesn't have a visitor's badge. Rogan says that he doesn't need one because he's Angie's boyfriend. The teacher wonders why Angie doesn't date a guy her own age. A group of male students come up, and the leader of the group says Angie was great in drama class today. 
She says that his Jeff Goldblum impression almost made her pee, pee her pants. Uh, he says that wow. Angel forgot her shorts in the car the last time they worked out last week. Rogan thinks this is very odd. More red flags. It is. Red everywhere. Uh, Angie introduces Rogan to uh, Sporty Spice. Sporty Spice is pumped up here to meet Rogan. Uh, Sporty Spice says next year at college he's going to watch over Angie, watch her back, because everyone's going to be trying to get with that. Uh, He leaves and and he says, it's time to suck today's dick. Whoa. I would prefer... You know, get up and go. Let's fucking go. I mean, it's 2022. We're a little bit more progressive. Sure. But I think that particular saying is not going to catch on with everybody. Yeah, I, I don't think that one's... I don't think it's stuck around. I haven't heard anyone say, hey, let's go suck today's dick. All right. Mr. Edwards says that Sporty Spice is such a good guy. He's totally going to watch over Angela. Rogan tells Mr. Edwards he can go fuck himself, calls him a weird little prick. Edwards says, I'm a teacher. You can't talk to me like that. Rogan says that he's not a student, so he can say whatever the fuck he wants. Edwards says that he's going to call the police liaison officer in T minus 30 seconds. Rogan flips him off while he and Angie leave. Edwards continues counting and says a middle finger doesn't stop the clock, buddy. Uh, Rogan says that he's going to go to dinner to meet Angie's parents. Says that he wants to show them that Angie is in great hands. As Rogan is leaving school, he calls uh, Franco, uh, Saul Silver. He calls Franco, asks if he can come over. Franco says that's fine. We now cut to James Franco sitting on a couch watching reruns of a show called 227. He's reciting the lines and just cracking himself up. Um, Rogan walks through the door. Franco's mad because he never buzzed him up, wonders what the buzzer is for. Rogan apologizes, says he doesn't know the protocol yet. Franco tells him to stuff his sorries in a sack. They sit on the couch, and Franco is playing some jazz music over the satellite radio. Rogan sees a portrait above the fireplace. Franco says, that's my booby. Uh, Franco asked if Rogan could pull the plug on someone if he needed to. He says, yeah, I, I don't. Could could you do that? Could you pull the plug on someone like if you needed to? Because I, I, I don't know if I could. Um, it kind of follows along the the weird conversation that they were having. I think it's like quality of life and those sure. types of those types of things. If if it's uh you know, definitely like every single doctor kind of tells you no. Right. The thing is, it's such a bad term because you're not the one that is physically doing it. You're just authorizing it, but you carry that guilt. Guilt, And uh, and I'm like, this is a heavy question for someone in his line of business to ask a relatively new customer of his like it's a very yeah. awkward icebreaker conversation that you're having with someone yeah someone that you really really don't know that well you know, you've yeah seen maybe five minutes a time two to three times a week yeah yeah if you're gonna kind of do that maybe it's like what are your favorite sports teams do you own any pets 
Um, Where do you see yourself in five years? What do you What do you think of my stuff? What do you You know you've 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 been buying my sampling my wares now for a couple a couple weeks months whatever. Like, would you like to take a survey? One to right. five, likely to smoke, not so likely. Would you recommend? You know, you know, do that. Scan this QR code. Fill out the survey, monkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Rogan says he's kind of in a rush and doesn't want to get uh, to talking about euthanasia because he could talk about euthanasia all day. Franco says that he gets it. All business for the businessman. Says he has some new weed. Brass tax. Yes. Yes. Just got a shipment of the dopest dope I've ever smoked. Hands down, dopest dope I've ever smoked. It's right not here. better than the blue oyster weed. It can't be. I don't. My friend, I can't handle better than this that. This is like if that blue oyster shit met that Afghan Kush I had, yeah. and they had a baby. And then meanwhile, that crazy northern light stuff I had, and the super red espresso snowflake met and had a baby. And by some miracle, those two babies met and fucked. This would be the shit that they burnt. Wow. Yes. This is the product of baby fucking. Smell it. Okay. Smell it. Enjoy. It's like God's vagina. Oh. What, do you want to bathe in it? I want to live in here. Yes, you want to be it? Oh, my God. I just want to shove it up my nose and have that smell all day. That's amazing. Shove it anywhere you like. Beautiful. What's it called? Pineapple Express. Pineapple Express. Yes, it's this thing like El Nino, this airflow that comes from Hawaii and Canada, and it gets the dirt, mixes it in with the weed in a very special way. It's actually very scientific. I won't go into it right now, but I am the only guy in the whole city that has it. Only 10 bones more for a quarter. Okay, I'll take a quarter. All right, you're on. Thank you very much. Let me uh, get my scale. Get it going. Grab the scale. Let's get me out of here. And at 13 minutes and 20 seconds, we get the title name drop. Yeah, I I mean, okay, I I am not one that uh, partakes. I, I don't mm. celebrate, uh, you know, this specific holiday that, that I guess we're we're referencing here. Um, we talked about this on a recent episode of post post game show. Stu Pac says that, uh, all the names of, you know, all these different strains are getting way too crazy now. Um, so if you want to listen to that, it's a pretty good conversation. I absolutely lay out there and let, uh, let Capo and Stu Pac really take the wheel there. Um, I, I don't get it. Just don't get it. Yeah, I think it there's it, it's I think whatever the botanist or the cultivators it could be one of those things where they're mixing together like the names of like their kids or their loved ones or pets or their favorite food and yeah. you know it's kind of like the porn star name generator your middle name, the street you grew up in, it's it's kind of like that. So, like, in this way, it's kind of like your favorite fruit and how do you, how, like, I, I don't know what Express would be. It's like fast. Your favorite uh, store in the mall in 2010. Yeah. So, this could have <laughs> been mango um, wetzel pretzel, you know, something like that. Mango Apricot, apricot buckle. Yes. Um, let's see. Cantaloupe Gap. <laughs> mm. 
Nectarine and Auntie Anne's. Uh, let's see. Kumquat Build-A-Bear. Stop there. (laughs) 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 All right. Uh, Rogan says that he'll take it. Franco grabs his scale. Rogan sees a cross joint and is totally amazed. Franco says it's the apex of the vortex of engineering. Says M.M. O'Shaughnessy, was, uh, who designed the Golden Gate Bridge, was rumored to have made the first one. Franco says that M.M. O'Shaughnessy was his second favorite civil engineer behind Hans Carl Bandel, who designed Madison Square Garden. The Mecca. The Mecca. <laughs> Orange Julius. Damn, we missed one. Orange Orange Julius. I mean, who's who, in 2022? Like, who goes to the mall? Like, true. Yeah. Plum Amazon. Blueberry Macy's. Nailed it. Franco says the smoke converges into a trifecta of joint smoking power. Says it's the future of weed smoking. This is what your grandkids will be smoking. Rogan says that he's just trying to get out of there. Franco has his weed bagged up and Rogan heads for the door. Franco stops him. Says we got to smoke this thing. Says he can't even light it on his own. Begs him to stay. Rogan says he's in. Franco tells him to light the small ends and he's going to light the longer one. Hell yeah. Franco takes a huge rip and proceeds to cough his lungs out. Rogan takes a hit and he begins coughing as well. Franco says that coughing gets you 10 times higher. See, th- this is why I wanted like Jeff and Pow on this one because I, I don't know, like, does it actually get you higher? Or is that just, you know, an old wives' tale? It could also just be, you know, Seth Rogan putting in his own, like, thoughts. Um, onto onto paper because he did write this and this is we know that he doesn't he enjoys smoking weed so he's probably in his he probably had like a weed journal at some point (laughs) and these are like all the thoughts that he had and it's like i'm gonna enter i'm gonna include these in my dialogue when i write this i i think it's gonna be cool to like put in that on that I had this observation and my observation was that coughing gets you higher or helps helps you with your high. Franco's door buzzes. It is another customer. Franco says that he's not getting any of the pineapple express. He's getting this nickel fritz. Franco asks Rogan about his suit and Rogan tells him that he is a process server, uh, explains his job and how he does nothing all day, but smoke weed and deliver subpoenas to people. Rogan goes on to tell Franco about his girlfriend who's in high school and how he feels inferior to the guys in school with her. Franco is jealous of Rogan's job and how he gets to do nothing but smoke weed all day. Rogan then reminds him that is exactly what Franco does. Franco appreciates Rogan putting it all in perspective. Uh, The customer knocks on the door. Franco sells him some weed and... The customer's friend is looking for some Percocet. Franco says he doesn't sell that shit. Kicks him out of the apartment. Says he doesn't like lingerers. Lingerers. Really? (laughs) Rogan says that he doesn't like when people linger either and heads for the door. Franco asks what people, what the people did to get served. Rogan says a lot of things. Says he's about to go serve a guy named Ted Jones. Who? Ted Jones. Who? Who? 
Uh, Franco says the guy he gets his weed from gets his weed from a guy named Ted Jones, says it is maybe the same guy. We cut to Rogan pulling up to a house. He lights up a joint and then gets a call from Angie. She tells him her mom is excited he's coming over for dinner. Rogan says that he is excited too. Couscous, the food's so nice, they named it twice. A, a cop pulls up behind him and Rogan says that he sees the guy that he's got to serve and hangs up the phone and ducks down in his seat. Cop played by Rosie Perez walks past Rogan's car and walks up the driveway. She walks out to the door with her gun drawn. Hmm. Uh-oh. Menacing. Yeah. A few seconds later, we hear a gunshot off camera. Rogan looks up at the window and he sees a guy get shot and killed by a guy in a bathrobe as the cop fires a few more shots into the body. Rogan panics, drops his roach out the window and tries to speed away. He backs into the cop car, rear ends the car that's in front of him, backs into the cop car, hits the car in front of him. The whole comedic bit. This is like out of um, like when you're learning to drive and your greatest fear is either parallel parking or use you making a whatever 20 point turn to get out of the parking <laughs> spot <laughs> right uh the cop and ted jones played by gary cole see this going on and head downstairs to stop rogan rogan finally gets free and drives off ted jones picks up the roach takes a puff and says pineapple express wow. um, and the only thing i could think of when they were saying anything pineapple express was that video on youtube for like i don't know like four or five years ago it's an asian guy in this kind of like leopard suit dancing to some techno song that he wrote called uh pen pineapple apple pen <laughs> okay i need you when we get off the, when we get off this mm-hmm. uh, this recording look up p p a p on youtube I you know I, I I made this clip in part of the song into this, but anytime they said Pineapple Express, that's the only thing that was going on inside my head, and it has been stuck in my head for four fucking days now. Apple pen, pineapple pen, pen pineapple apple pen. pen pineapple apple pen. You yeah. poor, poor man. Yep. Oh, when he was smoking in the car, uh, when he was, uh, before he talked to his girlfriend, like, like those smoke rings, definitely not CGI. That's all Seth Rogen's. That's years of experience, years, his years prowess, his um, expertise. Yeah. I, I went back and I was like re- rewinding and I'm like, they wouldn't really spend the I don't think there was much CGI in this movie but Not they with definitely seven million dollar budget yeah they wouldn't have, have decided like that they were gonna use a cool million on smoke marijuana smoke rings correct but incredibly impressive a lot, lot of tongue control there um we cut to Rogan freaking out and driving around. Rogan gets over to Franco's place. Uh, he doesn't get in right away because Franco keeps on pressing the buzzer too quickly. Uh, and and I'm going to make a, a, a stunning admission here. Um, I got into the role, I guess, into the character here of 
Everything Pineapple Express. Pineapple Apple. Uh, my own method acting. And I got to be honest, I I fell asleep every single time I try to watch this movie. Oh my God. So <laughs> the rest of these notes are just kind of cliff notes from someone else that got them from someone else. You're going to notice a distinct drop off from my normal uh uh, narration and uh, banter of of these descriptions and reviews, and we're just gonna do a segment called Beep Reads Pineapple Express. Pineapple Apple <laughs> I think stunning admission here. No, I, I think Seth Rogen would have wanted it that way. Yeah, I try to get inside the mind of a stoner, and I think I've done that successfully here. Plus, you had you had that YouTube video that altered your consciousness. So I For think four fucking days. So I think it was, you know, work term here. To happen. Your bandwidth. Oh, it was it was it was reached capacity, and yeah. you could either hold one or the other within you, and the YouTube video won out. And oh. the movie slowly descended into 10th place of everything that's going on in your life. It went up in smoke. <laughs> <laughs> when he finally gets upstairs, he begins to freak out and vomits all over Franco's printer. Ugh. Franco tries to calm him down, but then mentions Pineapple Express is really rare. Pineapple Apple uh, Rogan asks if he's the only person in town that has it. Franco says yes. Rogan again begins to panic even more. They begin to run around the apartment trying to figure out what to do. They grab the weed, bring some snacks, and then they get the hell out of there. Speaking of hell, our Bryles. Exactly. And if you're planning to escape a murderer, are you packing through roll-ups in your emergency escape uh, of everything you have to take? Money some documents clean underwear probably not the first 15 things i would think about grabbing it may not even be in the first 25 it might be the it it might you know what it might be in the top 25 just because you know i've 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 got the i've got the baby girls and they love the hell out of some fruit roll-up so that may be you know it, it may already be in like the diaper bag and the diaper go bag you mm-hmm. know it's, it's go time there's at least two or three in there right now you know what maybe maybe driving around they decide to go nowhere so they pull off into the woods and begin to smoke franco calls red played by danny mcbride and tells him they'll be over at noon the next day red <laughs> is not alone in his home <gasps> ted sent his hitmen budlovsky played by kevin corrigan and matheson played by craig robinson who call him to give him the news budlovsky is a quiet man who's married and he and he says so a few times uh Math- matheson keeps on telling budlovsky that he's gone soft hell yeah Rogan and Franco begin freaking out in the woods. They become paranoid. Their phones can be traced, so they decide to smash them. Rogan smashes his on a rock while Franco tries to throw his at a tree, but he misses. Because he's high. Yeah, worst worst throw I've ever seen. I mean, if Doc Ellis can throw a no-hitter high on acid, this guy could have thrown a phone at a freaking tree on weed. On weed. Duh. Duh. 
As they're looking for the phone, Franco panics and thinks he hears something, so he begins running. Rogan takes his cue and runs in the opposite direction. They both fall multiple times before making it back to the car. Rogan turns on the radio to listen to more talk radio. So they ran in a, not necessarily a circle. An oval. And they ended up in the same direction. So this has to be like the world's smallest mountain or something. It's it's something. I also, what, what radio station is this? Their whole thing is just, um, I, I know there's a lot of AM radio where it is just people calling about their gripes and how they want to affect change. But good Lord. Well, it's like on Grand Theft Auto 5, they have that one talk radio station that only is just talk radio all the time. When I when I used to play Grand Theft Auto 5, that's the one station I would listen to. It was better than the music. Anyway. Uh, they wake up the next morning and find out that they slept until 4 p.m. Uh, Rogan tries to turn on his car, but the battery's dead, so they have to hike through the woods. Uh, there's a kind of a montage of them smoking the woods and dancing. Uh, they hitchhike to Red's place, where Red invites them in for some cake. Uh, it's obvious that he's been beaten up, but he says that he's got herpes, which disgusts Franco since they had just shared joints uh, recently. Red said he's going to call his wife. Rogan starts to get suspicious and takes the phone. When he doesn't give it back, Red throws an ashtray at him, which this is some pretty good aim. I mean, throwing one of these, you know, solid glass ashtrays, pretty good. Uh, yeah, because I mean, we saw his pretty we saw his accuracy in the woods of moments earlier. So, and this is pretty much close up. It'd be kind of hard to miss. Yeah. Uh, Red and Rogan begin to fight. Uh, when Rogan has him down, he runs to the bathroom and throws it in the toilet. Red and Franco begin to fight and Rogan joins in. Uh, they trash Red's house with all the fighting Red manages to lock himself in the bathroom and tries to use the phone after it's been in the toilet. Frank and Rogan uh, break down the door, knocking Red into the sink, which breaks and squashes him under the door with Rogan on top. Uh, <clears throat> Red calls timeout, which causes Rogan and Frank to momentarily stop and then calls time in, throws Rogan off the door and runs into the living room. Rogan finally throws Red headfirst into a wall and the fight ends. So our timeouts allowed in fights or is that just like it depends how old you are when you are fighting because i would think that when you're like young like let's say you're five or six and you're possibly fighting with your siblings i could see why you would call why you would call for a timeout right because it's like wait, wait is my, are mom and dad coming Shh. okay no just get back at it but as adults Especially in what would appear to be a life or death scenario where, you know, you're getting ashtrays thrown at you, you're getting smashed in the doors, you're getting your head smashed in with a with a kit with a bathroom sink. You're reaching into a toilet to pull out a yeah. landline phone. Ugh. Yeah, my, my guess is time is times outs or outs. I call bullshit on this wife because that house was utterly disgusting. 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 He, he might be in denial. Maybe he was married and recently separated. Or maybe maybe the dead cat was his wife. 
or the wife was a ploy, right? It was just a, a diversionary tactic. Hey, I'm going to call my wife, but I'm really going to go call Ted Jones. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, they duct tape red to his deceased grandfather's wheelchair and they pump him for info. He tells this is the worst <laughs> duct taping, securing a person to a wheelchair ever. It's just like might, might be the worst in cinematic history. It's just over the head. I mean, they got some of the key points right, which is the arms, but everything else. It's like. Was there like not a lot of tape we see? I mean, not a lot of thought process went into this one. Yeah, it, it's hard. Like, as we see James Franco, it's hard to find the edges on tape, especially with duct tape. Yeah, I, it, it's just good. Like if. That should be, like, in reality TV. Like, if you can find the edge to tape and tape something within a certain amount of time, they should give you a million dollars. And it has to be in the pressure situation of, like, little kids are screaming at you. Yeah. You know, alarms are going off. You're sitting in a literal hot seat. Um yeah, there's like a temperature thing. Oh, it's just the worst like situation. And if you can do it, you deserve like a million dollars. We'll call the show Tape Delay. Ooh, that's our idea. We got to shop it to somebody. 80-20. Yeah, Game Show Network. You Metal Arc? We're, we're coming for you. <laughs> uh, he tells them about Matheson and Budlovsky and promises to help them get away. Uh, just then, Matheson and Budlovsky knock on the door. Rogan and Franco run out the back into the alley to hide. Red immediately tells Matheson and Budlovsky who uh, who called Ted with the news. Ted tells them to kill Red, so they each shoot him in the stomach and leave. Ted begins to wonder if Rogan works with the Asians uh, that he's at war with who are camped outside of his house. Rogan realizes if Red tells Ted's guys who he is, then Angie's in danger since she has things in his apartment, so they run to Angie's house. When they get there, Rogan goes in, looking and smelling horrible. Angie is upset with his appearance and lateness, and as he tries to explain the whole situation, her father goes to get his gun. A little bit of an overreaction, but I get it. You get this crazy-looking guy who you know, just comes in and tells you this news. I I may grab my gun as well. I think he would have, he was already probably anticipating getting the gun just because he's a 25 year old guy dating his 18 year old daughter. So there was, he was already on the losing end of this meeting. There was absolutely, he could have been a super sober guy that goes to church every Sunday, helps Every little old lady crossed the street. He volunteers at the children's hospital. He's, you know, like pre-med, you know, any any type of thing. Right. He he could have been like, hey, I am a rookie on your favorite sports team. He would have not have liked them just based off of nobody is good enough for my little girl. And also you're 25 years old. And then also you're 25 dating a high schooler. Yeah. And then. If you show up smelling like shit and ma- making accusations of like someone's trying to kill me over whatever, definitely, I totally understand why he why Ed Begley went and got the gun. <laughs> yeah, uh, Franco notices that Matheson and Budlovsky are outside, and he runs inside the house to warn them, only to be stabbed in the shoulder with a fork by Angie. 
Rogan explains Franco is the good drug dealer, his drug dealer, just before the father arrives with his gun and begins shooting at them. Rogan calms them down and gets them to leave the house before Matheson and Budlovsky get there. He tells Angie to go to a motel on the other side of town and use the name Garage Lee. He tells... <laughs> Thinking on your feet, because yeah, they were I love inside... Lamp. Inside of their garage, and much like Pineapple Express, combining a room in the house with Lee, and we got Garage Lee. Per pineapple, apple pear. Uh, he and Franco go hide in a tree for the night. They talk. Uh, some some male-to-male banter here. Franco tells Rogan that he considers him a friend. The next morning, they decide to sell some weed to make some money, so they go sell a few handfuls to some high school kids. While Franco is getting some food, Rogan just sits back and smokes. A cop is driving by and catches him. She arrests him and alerts the officers, including Rosie Perez, of their location. He explains the situation to her. She seems to believe him and begins asking him for some more info. Franco sees Rogan in the backseat of the cop car and assumes the cop is Rosie, so he creates a diversion while she's driving towards him. He throws himself onto her car and throws a cherry slushie at the windshield. When she gets out to see who she hit, he climbs into the driver's seat and reverses the car down the alley. Uh, she begins firing at them, and Rosie tries to ram them from behind. He can't find the wiper, yeah. so he kicks out the windshield with his foot, only to have it get stuck, so he drives around with his foot through the window. Uh, they lose Rosie by getting her to ram several cars, and then her car flips over multiple times. This is like incredible pain tolerance by Sal, where he drove what I can only assume are many, many miles with his foot through a windshield. And then he just like pulls it out and there is no no gash, no, no actual, yeah. no. I mean, he still had the slushy on the windshield, so maybe there was blood. We couldn't see it all that well, but he was just like, no big deal. I'm good. That, that Pineapple Express must just have incredible healing antibodies. From what I hear, it does. Uh, pain management. When they get out of the car, Rogan calls Angie to see how she's doing. They argue and basically break up here. Rogan suggests to Franco that they stop smoking so they can be more aware of what's going on. Franco disagrees with this and leads to an argument between them where Rogan coldly tells Franco that they aren't friends, which upsets Franco and causes them to go their separate ways. Did you did you see the UFC fight that was on the Motel TV? I did. That was uh, Chuck, Chuck Liddell. Liddell versus Vernon White, UFC 49. Jesus. And anybody wondering, the Iceman, he won. But wow, that was... That was early 21st century. Mm -hmm. That was from 2004. I looked it up because I I was just like, what, what, like, okay. I'm like, oh, so this is happening in 2004. But I think it was one of those, like, um, ESPN classics type of... Yeah, because... It was uh, always I think, on like Spike TV or something like that. Later yeah. on, they established that it that this is happening in 2008. But I went back a couple of times because I was like, is that actual like UFC footage? Or, you know, cause sometimes when they try to put things, it's not they don't get the licensing. So sure. 
weird that they actually got this footage. I don't know how they did it, but thank you for doing the research. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, Franco goes to the park and cries as he eats a sandwich. Rogan calls Angie and he cries, tells her that he loves her and how important that she is to him. Uh, she responds that she loves him back and explains how she kept thinking that she wants to marry him. This stops Rogan in his tracks and uh, he stops crying and causes him to backtrack what he meant and how quickly they're moving. This just pisses Angie off and then she hangs up on Rogan. He then looks up more the red of, flags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he then looks you, up the address of have, Franco's. She 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 laid out that she wanted to get married, and the guy said, "Nah, that sounds somewhat familiar." Because her ex, like he was in a previous committed relationship to her, that was the mother of his kids, and he had been one of these people that was. Anti-marriage, you don't need to be married to be in love with someone and have a life. And she came along into his and he got married. He married her. And next thing you know, he she poops in his bed. Poor Johnny. Should have watched this movie. Poor Johnny. They should ask that when they get back to uh, the trial on Monday. They should ask him if he ever saw this movie and... If we would have picked up on it's like now with hindsight, do, do you, you see, see the red this, flags? Yeah, do you see how this could have been an issue mm. 12 years ago, mm-hmm. 14 years ago? What is time? We, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it wasn't it wasn't worth it for him for a minute. No, or either, either one of them, it wasn't worth it. No, she's is it like okay. If she really is showing up to court the next day wearing the exact same outfits that he does, because I've seen her that she's wearing like ties and suits and she's trying to use that to mess with him. Yeah, she is crazy. She, everything that he alleges, I'm going to say 99%. She she did it out of like mental fuckery for him. She displays the behavior of, of a kook, psycho. of a loon. Kook. Looting it. Back to Rogan the movie. Looks up, <laughs> Rogan looks up the address of Franco's grandmother, who is in a nearby retirement home. Aww. Franco arrives at the home, and he is surprised by Matheson and Budlovsky. As he tries to get away, he smashes a coffee pot in Matheson's face, but is tackled by Budlovsky before he can get away. Rogan arrives to find the police taking statements from Franco's grandmother and the other residents. He realizes Franco is uh, with Ted's guys, and he goes over to Red's house. He finds Red in his bathroom with noodles and a knife. He attempts to pump Red up to rescue Franco, but Red mentions that he's been shot and is probably close to death. After about a minute, he says, what the hell, gets up to unveil a stash of guns. Says that you messed with the wrong melon farmers. I've got some trivia on that later. They arm themselves and take Red's Daewoo Llamas to the farmhouse where Red grows marijuana, the same facility that was used in the beginning of the movie. This is the least like menacing montage of we're gearing up for a gunfight in, in all of cinema because yeah. the guns start out big and menacing and then it's like that little 
like Derringer. It, they just get progressively smaller and cuter. Although the smallest gun in like Men in Black, the little cricket, packed the most punch. Wow. How about that? So it's not the size of the gun, it's the intent to use it that matters. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Back at the farm, Matson reveals that uh, he has now a terrible scar on the side of his face and attempts to attack Franco. But Lofsky forces him to lock Franco in a room downstairs, the same room where uh, Private Miller was at the beginning of the movie. Rogan and Red arrive, but Red chickens out and goes home. Rogan busts in and holds one of Ted's men hostage, hoping to trade him for Franco. It fails when Budlovsky shoots the guy and forces Rogan into the same room with Franco. While there, they talk and make up, which annoys Matheson since he can hear all of this from the outside. When he leaves again, they attempt to break the ropes around their hands using the buckle of Rogan's belt. I think the annoyance that Matheson had is that these guys are true buddies. And then his... Like his partner in crime. Yeah. Is like shooting their own guys. He won't commit. He's always constantly talking about his wife and wanting to go to dinner. So it's jealousy. It's, Oh, I used to have that. And now I don't, I can't even get this guy to commit to, to murder. Like what, how did we get here? How did we just lose everything we used to have? The grass is always greener. Did they already, there was, uh, I think when he was talking to him, he like came out with this. Uh, he was telling him about it. He had a dream, and it was like Eagle Dragon or Jude Law, right? Yeah that, that 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 that's in that's in this scene here. Yeah, so I was gonna ask you, which one would you pick, Eagle Dragon or Jude Law? Which one would you want to be? So it's I guess the the Pineapple Express version of Fuck Mary Kill. Pineapple apple I would, would you, say I would you would want to be a I would be Jude Law just those eyes I would get lost in those eyes and the accent I mean come on the accent for days yeah and also you, all of that you wouldn't have needed the hair plugs because Beep has like the greatest hair of any human being <laughs> it, to walk the face of the earth you I will go on record saying Beep has the best hair of any podcast podcaster out there. I don't want, I don't mean to beat my own horn, but beep, do beep. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a. Uh, You've been I, complimented on it by men that are classically handsome. Oh, so when game recognizes game, game you does can, recognize game. Mm-hmm. You're out there. Salute, man. salute to you, Chris Long. Salute to you. I would be a dragon, and I want because and the the uh, being able to fly and the fire and the long flicking tail. Yeah, let's go. I mean, just the fire alone. I mean, that's that that kind of seals the deal right there. Yeah, and especially if you can be like one of those dragons that what is it like? Like if your eggs are like. You lay eggs that are gold. The eggshell is gold Ooh. or rubies or something like that, like Ooh. out of Lord of the Rings. Ooh, even better. But I know that makes you a threat and people want to kill you for that kind of stuff. And you got to be on guard. But it comes with the territory. Got to have thick skin. Mm-hmm. 
there's fruits named after you. There's dragon fruit, right? Dragon fruit. Dragon fruit Hollister. Damn. Yours is better. (laughs) No one is smoking Mervins. Anything. If if the weed that you are buying is named after Mervins, that has to be lesser than what was the one that they had earlier. Yeah, that's that's less. Yeah, it's probably oregano. Honestly, if it says Mervins, (laughs) it's most likely oregano. All seeds and stems. Mm-hmm. Demand a refund, if you can remember. <laughs> when he leaves again, they attempt to break the ropes around their hands using the belt buckle. Uh, I actually used to have this uh, this belt buckle that Rogan Whoa. was wearing. The the independent skate company. I used to actually have that. But you never tried to break uh, I cut, never tried to rope? break restraints. No, no. I was never in a situation. Would you try it any- now? Like you not necessarily like okay like the way that they did but maybe you prop up the the belt on a chair or like on a on a if you have a beam in your house or like around a tree and you you just tie it you don't have to tie your your hands but you get a rope and you just like move it side to side you know what maybe i i, I think i would try it just just for just for science Right, just for the scientific method, just see if it worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, all this commotion sounds like that uh, they're having sex, which freaks Matheson out, and then they attack him. He fires a shot at Rogan, but then is shot by Franco. Rogan is alive, but was shot in the ear. Uh, yeah. Shout out Mike Tyson Mike and Evander Holyfield. Yep. Uh, this also reminded me of. Uh, Fight Club. He says, "Ah, fuck! You hit me in the ear. Why the ear, man? I don't know. No, that was perfect." Oh, then he, uh, look, this is this is like five, what five second rule that he puts it back, tries to <laughs> the, the broken off piece back in there. Yeah. Like this isn't you know like when they say like if you cut off a finger, put it on ice, and take it to the emergency room so that it can sew it back on. Mm-mm. Yeah, this part's not going to happen. It's not going to regenerate. Sorry. Uh, They arm themselves with guns that are around while the Asians attack Ted, Rosie, and their men from above. Um, A huge gunfight is going down. Rosie covers Ted so he can go down to see what's going on. And they have a nice little passionate kiss here before he goes. Rogan and Franco kill a few of Ted's men. Rogan helps Franco into an air duct but is shot by Ted before he can make it up there, too. Uh, Rogan and Ted have a shootout, uh, then a fight. Uh, Ted tries to bite Rogan's ear, but then realizes that's too late because the ear's already missing. He screams yeah, in disgust, like, which gives Rogan time to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they hit each other with fire extinguishers, fluorescent lights, and pipes. Uh, very, you know, mid-2000s, mid you know, hardcore matches. Um, just as Rogan is about to win the fight, an Asian guy throws a bomb towards them. They run to avoid it, but Ted is blown into a wall and killed. That was Ken Jong, right? That threw the... It was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this may have been one of his first roles, if not like like his second or third. Because the the primary one was the hangover and i yeah. don't remember when that came out let me see yeah that that was definitely his breakout role for sure 
Uh, in the meantime, after Franco climbs out of the vent, he goes back inside the farmhouse and ends up fighting Rosie. Uh, they have a pretty good fight here. He ultimately wins. Uh, just as he is about to finish her off, hell yeah, Bodlowski fires a shot. He decides to go home to his wife rather than get more involved in the fighting and shooting. As he's leaving, he is shot by Matheson, who is about to shoot Franco when he is rammed to death by Red's Dewu Lamas. Oof. Didn't see that Grizzly. one coming. Grizzly. Yeah. Grizzly. That's not even the worst thing that happens to this <laughs> to Matheson at this point. Uh, he is doing a little victory dance when Rosie shoots him several times. When she's about to shoot Franco, the explosion from below blows up the car. Uh, blows the car up into the air onto Rosie, killing her. Rogan climbs out and notices that his pants are on fire, so he takes them off. He then pulls an unconscious Franco out of the burning building. When he comes to, they get up in time to see the farmhouse explode. Red crawls out, and somehow he's still alive. Uh, they celebrate their escape with breakfast at a nearby diner. Red makes a joke about how he's probably dying. As they take a moment to reflect on the miracle of the escape, he falls unconscious. Uh, they think he's dead, but <laughs> so then he did comes I. Same to... Same no two, bro. Same, same no two, bro. Uh, they think he's dead, but then he comes to when they call him. Uh, Franco's grandmother, uh, his booby, arrives and they climb Bubby? into her car. Bubby? Booby? I mean, th there, there was talk of boobies. Uh, <laughs> they climb into her car and roll credits. Yeah. They must have All right. a crazy contact high because when the laboratory or whatever, the facility blows up, it burns up all of the marijuana that they were harvesting. And this is supposed to be like the most elite rare. Correct. So, so they that whole neighborhood however the that whole thing fans out everybody but must have been under a crazy contact high for Had what, a couple days yeah yeah arizona iced tea and munchos sales skyrocketed that week hell yeah we have some trivia here Seth Rogen originally wrote the part of Saul Silver for himself to play. Uh, it wasn't until the table read that he realized that James Franco would be funnier in the role of Saul. As he is handing uh, Rogen some guns, Red, played by Danny McBride, says, Ted Jones messed with the wrong melon farmers. This is a reference to the common network television practice of dubbing over swear words with less objectionable words or terms to have a similar sound and length. Even if, even if the replacement words don't really make sense in the context of the movie. Melon Farmers is used most famously as a dub for motherfuckers in the network television version of the Die Hard film, uh, in which the lead character, John McClane's famous cat, catchphrase, Yippee-Kaye, motherfucker, became Yippee-Kaye, Melon Farmer. Wow. Yeah. How about that? Uh, Brian Cranston read for the role of Ted Jones. However, Judd Apatow felt that Cranston wasn't evil or scary enough to convincingly portray a drug dealer. Ironically, <laughs> Cranston later rose to prominence playing Walter White, a high school teacher turned methamphetamine dealer in Breaking Bad in 2008. Judd Apatow, you fool. You fool. Film noir. And this is the first marijuana-themed comedy to gross over $100 million worldwide. Yeah, yeah, makes sense because it wasn't as like 
there wasn't the the people that would protest this being released like they would have done i guess like Cheech and Chong and that kind of stuff and you know the people out there like oh think of the children and morality so and uh to kind of close the loop hangover came out in 2009 so this role for Ken Jong as part of the Asian mafia member was prior to that how about that perfect all right we're going to get into our ratings here uh and just a recap uh yeah met or fe yeah one of my favorites i'll watch it every time uh doesn't matter i'll actually search this one out meh once is probably enough uh i may not even see this one for a few years and fe get out of here i'm never gonna watch this one again so janetto what do you got i'm gonna go with a yeah yeah on this but it's like on the low end so whatever so it's like a minus not an a plus not an a um i felt like even though it's almost two hours it kind of doesn't for me it didn't feel that way i think there were a lot of the action scenes were extremely exaggerated to make up for probably a little bit of like the weaker dialogue and some of that so it's like to get your attention for the short attention span add people out there so it was great um also when you hear that it's a judd apatow um like project or something i am one of those people that i'm like oh god i have to sit through leslie man because <laughs> you know and and her not being in this makes it helps so much because i'm like if he would have been in a probably a higher capacity she probably would have been the girlfriend and then we don't have the red flags for johnny depp that we can now with hindsight look back and be like hey dude look at this because no one's gonna accuse leslie mann of being a vindictive bitch hopefully not she seems she's incredibly annoying but somehow also delightful and delightfully annoying Yes. And, you know, uh, so for me, I will give this a second look Uh, when it's when the movie began and it was that black and white bit. I thought I had stumbled across the wrong movie. And then much (laughs) like Scrooge, I realized, oh, this is this is something else. It is part of the movie, but it's it's not the actual thing I need to concentrate. So it was like uh, I was like, what the hell is Amazon doing to me? Like, what the hell? Yeah. This one's going to be a hard fit for me. Ooh. I I laughed less than half of a time. Uh, there was a quarter of a laugh when Bill Hader, Private Miller, was doing his old jazz riffing. You know, I I get a quarter of a laugh there, and a quarter of a laugh when uh, the teacher, played by Joe Latrulia, said the middle finger doesn't stop the clock, buddy. There was a quarter of a laugh there. The rest of the movie, zero laughs. This one, fat, hard fat. Get all the way the hell out of here with this one. This one went up in smoke for me. Mm. Yeah. Hard, hard pass for me. Wow. Yeah. Which is which is kind of surprising because I, I enjoy, you know, Seth Rogen. I enjoy, you know, Judd Apatow stuff. But this one just really, really sucked for me. Did not enjoy it at all. 
Yeah, I think it was. Uh, it, it probably starts off with like the the premise of like you have to be a cannabis consumer pro- probably to enjoy it, or you just like kind of dumb comedy type of situation. Because even like the physical comedy wasn't there was a there was a decent decent amount yeah and it's like when they go to the house and um matheson puts his hands inside of like the mashed potatoes and he's like still warm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's it's see, it, it's it's only funny when you describe it just now but when oh. it's actually happening no nothing not not even like that forced air out of the nostrils the hmm, nothing I blame the YouTube video. I blame the YouTube video. You know what? That it could be it, um, but man, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna say, "Hey, beep, give it a second look." I, I think you know. Once you know, we're we're creatures of our instincts, and if your instinct tells you, "I'm," I fulfilled my duty, and I, I tried to watch this, and if outside of me. I was prevented from doing so. It's for a reason. So yeah. trust your gut. It did not pass the sniff test. It not even the. It didn't pass any test for me. I watched the one time, you know, just to do my my pre note, you know, thought, okay, I'm going to take a note here. I'm going to take a note here. I watched it that one time, and I'll, uh, that was it. I try to watch it like three more times just to be able to go through the notes, and I fell asleep every single time. I just it it didn't didn't hold me at all. Different kind of drug. Yeah. So in the month of May, uh, we're going to do a new theme, and I think we're going to call it uh, Animation. So we're going to have a couple of animated movies coming up here in the month of May. If you have any suggestions, uh, you can suggest it to us in our DMs on Twitter, Instagram, anything like that. I think that's going to do it for this episode. That is at Lauer After Hours on Twitter or Lauer After Hours on Instagram. Uh, this has been at BeepCon on Twitter. I was joined tonight by Jeanette in Southern California. We will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.